Rob Schneider is a Batman. <laughs> hey, Zach, how's it going? Hello. We're laughing about Rob Schneider. Oh, yeah. the Schneider cut. <laughs> Rob Schneider? <laughs> He's going to find out that having powers ain't so super. <laughs> perfect <laughs> that's a tiktok i kind of wanted to do there's like this guy that's like all right i need you to make a weird sound and he plays his guitar and he's like well just wait for it i think it's this point where people are just supposed to make a weird sound i just want to do the whole <laughs> yeah <laughs> Ooh, daddy nico 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 start playing ah yeah yeah that's a lot of weed oh. Rob Schneider is a carrot. Oh my god, I'm a carrot. Excuse me. That one came deep. He's about to find out that being eight's not so great. Five days from monsters breaking shit. Oh my god. I gotta watch. I still haven't seen King Kong. I need to watch that. Yeah, I gotta watch I gotta watch Skull Island and the two Godzilla films. I need to watch King of Monsters again. But that's just because that movie is fucking phenomenal it really is it's incredible like everything i've said about pacific rim up to this point can be erased and added to king of monsters like just or copy pasted i think copy basic pacific rim is fucking incredible yeah have you watched the uh cartoon thing yet i haven't haven't yet i've been wanting to but like it just came out on the wrong weekend because everything else came out on that weekend too and then then I got into fucking South by Southwest. Like, ever. yeah, I haven't been able to really watch anything this last week. This week's been kind of a lot of fun in school. There's just not There's enough time. Not. And I just and I downloaded Ted Lasso too, so I got to watch that. Yeah, because everybody, I mean, everybody I know that's watched Ted Lasso is like, this shit is fucking incredible. I just mm. I spend all week doing schoolwork, and I just kind of want something brain dumb ish mm-hmm. by the yeah. time i can sit down and watch it and then oscar winners is not brain dumb ish <laughs> and i felt like mank was about as close i was gonna week, get but that was horrible oh mank god i was bored fuck i was bored and how can you be bored in a movie with a bunch of really good acting but a really boring movie it's like fincher I know your dad wrote that movie, dead and all, but goddammit. <laughs> and then Raya was awesome. Oh, that movie was Raya oh, fucking my, rules. Oh my God. So, so good. So here's what's happened when we were watching that, because me and Jay were just sitting on the couch. I was like, you want to watch a movie? She's like, yeah. So pop that on. And then Tuck Tuck comes on and she's like, do you think people act out these voices? And I hadn't seen the credits for who does any of the voices. And I was like, well, I know like, she goes like, "Do you think people actually act out like these animal voices?" Like, well, Alan Tudyk was the voice of the chicken in Moana. And then I went to go look at the cast of Ryan. I'm like, "Holy shit!" Alan, Alan Tudyk is Tuk-Tuk. Alan Tuduk-Tuk. And holy fuck, that cast! Like, I think he was like the one white person in the entire cast. Yeah, I was like. Wow, Disney. Yeah, and it's, and it's just because he's the animal guy now. He's he's taken over for Frank Welker. It's amazing. Yeah. 
I still need to watch it. It's so it's so good. And Aquafina, I fucking love her so much. I liked Aquafina, and then I saw um, Jumanji. Farewell. Oh fuck you, Jumanji. (laughs) Farewell came out before Jumanji. Sure. So farewell, I fell in love with her, and then and then her as Danny DeVito with Jumanji. It's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen on film. God, yeah, Raya's so good. I can't it believe is. how good Raya was. It's on. Let me go to my Disney list. I have it right here. It is sitting at number eight out of thirty-six in my uh, Disney films right now. Well. Right under Little Mermaid, and this is going to shock some people. Right above Princess and the Frog. Yeah. Oh, wow. Still need to watch that one because nice. Princess and the Frog is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My, my top ten right now is Emperor's New Groove, Princess and Frog, Raya, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Treasure Planet, Big Hero Six, Alice in Wonderland, Sleeping Beauty, and Lilo and Stitch. One day we're gonna watch The Lion King, and that's going to change. I started my um, best picture list on a letterbox. It's not in correct order yet, but I have them all on there. I get that straight so we can match them up and compare. I'll have to go look at it when you get it ready. Yes. So our cold open tonight, uh, we're watching From Here to Eternity, which is a film that co-stars Frank Sinatra, and it's a film that brought Frank Sinatra back from... Uh, a rocky part of his career and uh we thought why not talk about other singers and we're going to talk specifically singers not actors who can sing so not like scarlett johansson mm-hmm. who did her whole tom waits cover album mm-hmm. uh <laughs> but but entertainers who are primarily singers and then turn to acting i will also accept rappers Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so if you want to, if you, if that amends your list at all, oh, I got a couple Gee, rappers. I wonder which ones. <laughs> Still either one of them. Not that one though. All right. So, so I, John. I'm going to start mine with uh, an obvious one with Queen Latifah. Um, very nice. Just, I mean, she's awesome. And then Chicago, which she got nominated for an Oscar for. So. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Justin Timberlake, who just kind of like shocked the hell out of me because i spent a lot of my high school years hating everything boy band and just grow up to love everything boy band um just because you know got to be that you know edgy goth kid uh but then you see justin timberlake and things like alpha dogs and mm-hmm. um even was a black snake moan he was in that one too wasn't he yeah he was christina ricci's husband in that mm-hmm. one and i liked um it wasn't a great movie but i think it was like in time or something like that the one where like where they you have were perpetually the 22 or something yeah. yeah so i don't know i just <laughs> justin timberlake i think is a really good actor oh and especially yeah. social network yeah, yeah social network he should have been nominated uh-huh. for he should have been that yeah. was robbery um and then yeah. my number one which um i'm sure paul m- wondering if he could guess what my number one uh singer to actor would be black flag help me out oh rollins henry rollins thank you why did my like there's a guy we, i freaking <laughs> worship we, but, we only went and saw Rollins yeah. band. Yeah, we, we, we all went to go see the Henry Rollins band where I have a picture of him in his ethereal form. Um, <laughs> but just because of all the terrible lighting, the bad camera. But yeah, Henry Rollins. Like, I, is he a great actor? No. But no, he's but Henry he, Rollins. <laughs> but when he's utilized well, he is yeah. he is 
a slight yes. to hold. I love him on the second season of Sons of Anarchy. Oh my god. <laughs> when, yes. when someone's just like, oh yeah, Henry Rollins is just kind of a hulking dude, and if he's kind of quiet and menacing, he works. Yes. And uh, yeah. was it He Never Died? Dies, yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, I really like that movie. Um, that I, really I can see people going either way. Like, I think interesting is definitely something everybody mm-hmm. could say. But uh, I, I, I think you could say it's not a good movie, but I think you could also say it's a good movie. Yeah, or at I'd least an like, entertaining one. I'd say it's like a two and a half, three star film, but he's, he's really good in it. He is. So, so that's, yeah. my, that's my list. Awesome. Zach, who, who do you got Beautiful. tonight? So, um, yeah, I had Justin Timberlake as well. When, when I saw him in the social network, I just, it was one of those um, revelation moments. Like, like Jonathan said, it's like, oh, I, I, I'll admit I was a, a fan of his first solo album unapologetically there you go oh yeah no i started liking him when he started Uh, i'll I'll say this even in high school i had a deep respect for instinct because of how good they were as an acapella group and i thought joey Mm -hmm. fatone and chris kirkpatrick were hilarious as shit anytime they were on trl oh yeah (laughs) joey fat one's one of my favorite people in the world so oh i loved him in uh my big fat greek wedding yes i'll throw that out there (laughs) all right go on (laughs) sweet uh i got ice cube uh specifically for boys in the hood Mm -hmm. Okay. Not yep. not ride along um, too. <laughs> Never saw it. I don't really plan to. But don't. <laughs> um, I will say though, watch all three barbershop films. I love all those movies. Yeah, I've seen the first one and I and I really like it. I actually own the other I two. Think the and second I one's the best yet, one. So to... Okay. Go okay. On. We're good. Oh, you're, you're fine. <laughs> uh, got Marky Mark. Yeah. For Boogie Night specifically. Although I really enjoyed his uh, turn in uh, Basketball Diaries too, as mm-hmm. far as like his early mm-hmm. acting and The Departed mm-hmm. too. Oh yeah. Um, Chris Christopherson for in Alice doesn't oh, live here yes. anymore. And two more I got here. I got Tom Waits for Ballad of Buster Scruggs specifically. I feel like that's cheating, Tom Waits. I don't know. I guess, no, that might be like a Henry Rollins kind no, of No, no, no. Here's Here is a film where Tom yeah. Waits is one of the only three real characters and it's called Down by Law. Okay. Down Excellent. By Law. It's I need film. to see that still. I can't it's, believe I have. It's really good. It's okay. Tom Waits, Roberto Benigni, um, and John Laurie, and they escape from prison. It's incredible. Oh, shit. Now, Tom Waits is okay. in a lot of things. He was a mystery man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah. I liked them in yeah. Book of Eli, that movie that nobody remembers. I, rem- I remember it as mm. a Hughes, one of the Hughes brothers films. Um, not both of them, I think. Rumblefish. Rumblefish. He was in, uh, and he was Reinfeld in uh, Dracula or Bram Stoker's mm. Dracula. Yeah. Sorry. Don't want to piss Francis Ford Coppola off. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll give a final uh, note. A sad note because she hated doing the movie, but she was really good in it. Uh, Bjork and Dancer in the Dark, which I, I know. I see that. I love Bjork. F. Uh, well, yeah, it's um, Lars von Trier. What's his face? Pretent- yeah, Lars von Pretentious, who I sometimes I like, sometimes fan. hate. <laughs> I-, I watch Sucker Punch a lot there just because of Bjork. Just because she's in the soundtrack. That's good. Yeah. Uh, she was also in the X Files movie soundtrack. Yeah, and the Tank yes. Girl soundtrack, right? Yeah. Yes, Tank Girl. Okay, that's my list. Good All list. Right. That is a good list. Oh, oh, and actually, I was going to say, and Frank Sinatra in this movie it impressed me because 
I didn't think he was, he was fine. And some of the musicals I'd seen him in, like Anchors Away, he's okay. But this, I was really surprised. Yeah. yeah. You need to see uh, Otto Preminger's Man with the Golden Arm. It's okay. so good. My turn. Yes. Uh, all right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the weird ones, of course. And everybody knows where I'm going first. Because you can see his face right there. Uh, it is really Weird Al Yankovic in UHF. Weird Al Yankovic in UHF, man. What a, what a good performance. Yeah. Like, he's not an amazing awesome. actor, but whenever he shows up at something, I'm immediately just amused. <laughs> the, the first <Yep>. naked gun. <laughs> They're not here to see you. They're here to see Weird Al. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vanity in The Last Dragon, oh, which, okay. of course, is mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach, I'll take a, I'll see your ice cube. Uh, race him in higher learning and add Buster Rhymes in higher learning to that. Nice. Uh, nice, nice. Higher learning's great. I love John Singleton. I cannot believe he mm-hmm. was taken from us so early. God, uh, yeah. Just, uh, I guess I'll shout out Jennifer Hudson in Dreamgirls, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love to shout out Beyonce, but I've never seen her in a film where i'm like wow great job Beyonce. you're an amazing musician (laughs) but jennifer hudson totally overshadowed totally yeah yeah (laughs) um trying to think if there's anybody else i really really want to shout out because i mean there's there's some other good ones but i I think we covered who we need to talk about how did i forget david bowie oh bowie yeah um like yeah, I loved him in The Prestige. Yeah. There's yeah. only one movie oh, yeah. I don't like him in, and that's everybody's favorite performance of his. Yeah, I don't like Labyrinth anymore. But I do I, not it, like it, Labyrinth. It, it does not hold up. I'm sorry. That it is, is I, not a good movie. <laughs> I, I, I can't see her without thinking <laughs> ass to ass. Uh, let's talk about a movie. Let's talk about a movie. beautiful people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman i'm jonathan pierce and i'm zach mccoy and we are your oscar grouches welcome back to the oscaristy podcast a show where we discuss oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the academy went wrong if they went wrong and zach what are we watching this week this week we're watching from here to eternity which is a weird pearl harbor love story no not that one and the human drama and violence within the the ranks of military bureaucracy all right. This is everybody's first time. Yep. Yeah. Can I uh, mention something real quick? Go for yeah. it. Yeah. I didn't piece together the whole Pearl Harbor thing till the end. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you missed oh. when it said Hawaii 1941 at the very beginning? I knew it was Hawaii. <laughs> didn't put, just put the two dates together at all <laughs> until the end. I'm like, not even when Burt Lancaster's standing next to the calendar. <laughs> I, I just. <laughs> Not one. I 
I spent the entire, like, once that happened, I'm like, oh, damn, this is a twist. And I bet if I go back, it won't be a fucking twist. <laughs> no, no, they they really telegraph it through the entire thing. Didn't pick uh, it up at all. I just thought it was like a peacetime post-World like, War II here we're they, in Hawaii. They give you a lot of, like, lines in the film that aren't as winky about things, but they're very, like look, we're kind of on the edge of a sword right now because every because it's 1941 and the Hey America Joined the War movement has been going on for at least two years at this point. Like, the like really rah-rah. The only time I picked up anything throughout this entire movie was once, one point, they're just like, America's probably going to go to war. They said at one point, I was like, huh, what is the setting? And I, I just... Not once until the actual attack happened. Yeah, yeah. this this wasn't a uh, remember me situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For so. for anybody who doesn't know, there's a movie called Remember Me that apparently takes place on September 11th, but you do not know that until the very last scene of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's done in the cheapest, silliest way you could do it too. It's amazing. Damn. Um. This was not my first watch. I saw this film in high school for some reason. I don't remember why. Mm. Except that I, I, I've I, always loved Frank Sinatra. He's always just kind of been up there for me. I love that man. Yeah. All right. Let's do an Oscar breakdown. Break it down! Okay. We're still hanging out in the Pantages Theater. The public crowd is dwindling at the Academy Awards now. Hmm. Because they get to watch it on TV every year now. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so to start combating the fact that TV is on the rise and is becoming kind of a, a major staple in a lot of homes, the Hollywood system starts churning out CinemaScope. Oh. Because they said, you know what? If, if people are trying to go home and watch things on TV in a little box, Let's think outside that box. <laughs> and they start making the pictures wider so that it's, it feels a little more epic to go to the films these years. Oh, yes. So uh, we are on two coasts still. Donald O'Connor is hosting in Los Angeles, of course, from Singing in the Rain, Make Him Laugh. And Friedrich March is back in New York City. All right. Uh, our most nominated film of the night is From Here to Eternity at 13, which does not tie the record, which is still standing at 14. And the most awarded film of the night is From Here to Eternity at 8. All right. Uh, From Here to Eternity wins Best Picture over Joseph Mankiewicz's Julius Caesar, The Robe, Roman Holiday, and Shane. Fred Zinneman wins Best Director from For Here to Eternity. William Holden wins Best Actor for Stalag 17. Hmm. And he was up against Montgomery Cliff from Here to Eternity and Burt Lancaster. And it is thought that those two being in the category together instead of in separate categories uh, split the vote. Yeah. Uh, And William Holden was able to get it for Stalag 17. Apparently his speech was running up against time on television. His speech was just, thank you. 
And then he ran an ad later on of his actual speech in which he confesses that he thought he should have lost to either Montgomery Cliff or Burt Lancaster. <laughs> <laughs> which is wild because William Holden bucking rules. Yeah. Not to say that I, I really think Montgomery Cliff should have won this myself. I think he's incredible in this film. I'd have given it to Lancaster. Huh. I'd have given it to Lancaster. That's fair. I I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just one of those hindsight things where I know what happens to Montgomery Cliff in his yeah, life sure. after this. Because <laughs> that is mm. fucking tragedy. Yeah. Um but we can get into that later. Uh the most beautiful woman in every single room, Audrey Hepburn, wins Best Actress for Roman Holiday, mm-hmm. beating out Deborah Kerr, Zach's redheaded goddess <laughs> from For Here to Eternity. Frank Sinatra picks up Best Supporting Actor after a rocky, rocky road back to this point in his career. Uh, he has fallen on hard times, and his na- his almost ex-wife, by the time the Academy Awards rolls around, Ava Gardner gets him the role. Mm-hmm. Though it is urban legend that uh, he was campaigning for this role and the mafia held the producer at gunpoint. <laughs> an offer he can't refuse. Mm-hmm. Which we yeah. <laughs> Go on. No, uh, you said we'll get to that later. We will get to that in the 1970s. I mean, you could talk to you could talk about oh, yeah. it if you want to. Well, no, I just I didn't realize that. I mean, I I knew that The Godfather was referencing Frank Sinatra, but I didn't realize like what role, what movie it was. So I was I was looking at some notes on this, and I was like, oh shit, it's this movie. Yeah, and and that's what it is. And uh, they say is- the horse's head was uh, artistic liberties, may or may not. Though, yeah. though that is urban legend, it, it yeah. is it is pretty well documented that Ava Gardner is the one that gets Frank yeah. Sinatra into this film. Um, Donna Reed wins Best Supporting Actress for for Here to Eternity. Mm-hmm. Man, she's so good in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Here to Eternity wins Best Screenplay. Titanic, no, not that one. Wins Best Story and Screenplay. And Dalton Trumbo wins uh, Best Story for Roman Holiday while he is blacklisted. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and Louis L'Amour for Hondo gets disqualified. Don't know why. Hmm. Are you guys ready for the podcast within a podcast this year? Yes, because yes it sir. Is off the rails. Uh-oh. <laughs> I yeah, I cannot believe how wild this is. Yeah, we are at best documentary feature, which brings us to Walt Disney Oscar Watch. <laughs> Walt Disney wins best documentary feature for The Living Desert, which brings us to best documentary short subject, which Walt Disney wins an Academy <laughs> Award for Bear Country, which I believe. Bear Country. Wait, uh, for, for which one? Bear Country. For which uh, topic? Uh, documentary sort subject. So he's got documentary feature and now documentary sort subject. I have, I'm seeing him winning for the Alaskan Eskimo. It's because I read that wrong. I got ahead of myself. Okay. 
or I jumped down. I jumped down because I saw his name down there highlighted. Yes, okay. the Alaskan Eskimo. You were correct. Uh, which he wins for the Alaskan Eskimo. So I guess I'll just go ahead and bring up the next category, which is the best short subject to real, in which he wins best short subject to real. Yeah. Or bear country. Damn. Which is one of his true life series. So the true life series just keeps cleaning up at the Academy Awards. Would you like to know who Walt Disney beat in the best live action short subject to real category? Uh, let's see. I'm looking at it, so I'm not going to Stop gonna looking that. at it. <laughs> uh, is it like a director that we've talked about frequently? It's a director we are talking about right now. Oh. Walt Disney okay. beats Walt Disney for <laughs> Ben and Me. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Wait, hold uh, on. Hold on. The two of us. <laughs> uh, I'm going to cover best live action short subject. One real, real quick, just because I want to get out of the way. This has nothing to do with Walt Disney Oscar watch, but Overture to the Merry Wives of Windsor by Johnny Green wins best short live action short subject. One real, which brings us to best short subject cartoon. Guess who wins best short subject cartoon? Walt Disney? Is, Disney? is Walt Disney. <laughs> For Toot, Whistle, Plunk, and Boom. <laughs> toot, Whistle, Plunk, and Boom. Uh, finally, they've given it to a, a wacky title. Indeed. It's like, I mean. <laughs> Jesus. So that, anyway. that's, that's five so far? far or? That is five nominations, and Walt Disney beats Walt Disney <laughs> in Best Short Subject <laughs> Cartoon for Rugged Bear. Holy crap. Well, he was in Walt the Bears that year. Walt Disney gets nominated for six Academy Awards in 1953. Wins four of them and only loses two because he loses to himself. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Is this the the zenith of the podcast within a podcast? (laughs) It is the zenith, but it's not the endeth. Yeah. I I saw this a couple weeks back and I just could not believe what I was looking at. Mm. No, that Six is nominations. <laughs> <sighs> He's running out of room in his office. So there there is um somewhere in one of the Walt Disney offices there's just a case that is all of the Academy Awards that Walt Disney has won. It's it's really cool looking. It's very well organized. Oh, nice. sure. and rather uh, large. It. I I don't want to give. I don't know if I've said how many he's won so far or how many he has won in his lifetime. Uh, on the podcast, I don't want to give it away until I am done with Walt Disney Oscar Watch because yeah. you know that's eventually coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. Four Academy Awards in one night is, I believe, his record after he won three of which, like, one of them was a, an honorary award. Yeah. Is that the night. most one person has won? Uh, I believe so. Uh, I know that a page is on Wikipedia of, like, Oscar records. Maybe should have checked that. I feel like somebody's tied maybe with four with like a best picture director writer or something i don't know what let's find out kind of yep 
1954, most nominations in a single year, most awards in a single year. There you go. Six and four. Cool. So nobody's even been nominated for six in a single year. Nice. Which is which is impressive because Chloe Zhao was up for four this year. So yeah. mm-hmm. um it is a record that would be I can't see that ever being if James Cameron makes a really good movie finally, or like a good movie finally, um, I mean his first one since the Abyss. Yeah, I like mean, I, I love see true, him getting. I love True Lies. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I mean they're just they're popcorn movies. He makes popcorn movies. Yeah, but if him or Michael Bay one day, <laughs> I think could get special effects screenplay if he writes it director and best picture uh i don't think any of them are music guys see Mm. essentially essentially what we run into is like there are so few directors in hollywood that that do the below the line stuff yeah a lot of them don't edit or shoot like alfonso Cuarón shoots his own movies Mm or has shot some of his own movies, at least Roma, which yeah. he won an Academy Award for. Yeah. Uh, or um, the Coens edit their own movies under the name Roderick James. Mm-hmm. But, but so few of them, like Robert Rodriguez, do so much of the below the line stuff, but Robert Rodriguez is never going to be no. here, <laughs> despite how good we can be heroes is yeah yeah um so it's i think yeah yeah i mean unless you get i mean somebody who's going to edit and film everything and yeah i don't i don't think it's it's possible i think it'll come from some random indie movie director that we've never heard of who was given a budget of nothing and they had to do all the work themselves yeah, and I I, th- I think that's what it's going to take. Yeah, and I mean, I'd like to see it. Don't get me wrong. I just, I just don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be wrong on that. I would love to. I would. I would love to see. I think somebody. it'd have to be a cartoon as well. I don't know. Just just to eke in the anime, like because I don't. Can I mean, you win best animation and best picture? Well, you can't. You can be it's, I mean. It's, yeah, it, only three film, only three animated films have ever been nominated for Best Picture. And but but were they also animated for are nominated for Best Animated? Uh, only one of them wasn't, and that's only because the category did not exist in 1991. Gotcha, which was Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, but uh, Toy Story three and Up are the only other two, and they both got nominated for Best Picture as well and animated. Okay. But the problem is, like, they tend to just these days though those were just filler you knew they were going to win the animated feature but they're yeah. they had to fill the 10 yeah mm. yeah so mm-hmm. so anyway good job walt disney <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm. so that's walt disney oscar watch this week excellent best music score of a dramatic or comedy picture lily wins um Best scoring of a musical picture, call me madam. Okay, madam. Yeah, you beat me to it. I have to turn my knob, you jerk. I'm sorry. <laughs> you turn my knob. You're gonna, you're gonna turn your knob over there, fapped in America. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Uh, best song goes to Secret Love from Calamity Jane. Uh, beating out That's Amore from the Caddy. That's, wow. That's a shocking. <laughs> kind of in a silly mood, guys. All right. Good. Um, those are eels, not mores. <laughs> best sound recording goes to From Here to Eternity. Best art direction, black and white, goes to Julius Caesar. Best art direction, color, goes to The Robe. I have things to say about that film. Um, best cinematography, black and white, goes to From Here to Eternity. Best cinematography, color, goes to Shane. <laughs> uh, best costume design, black and white, goes to Roman Holiday, beating out From Here to Eternity. Best costume design color goes to The Robe. And best film editing goes to From Here to Eternity. I know nothing of The Robe. I read like, that. I'm just... <laughs> it's like... It's like best costume goes to The Robe. Like, did you see that robe <laughs> in that one movie? It's such a good robe. Which is, which is so weird, because The Robe is more of a MacGuffin than it is. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's an actual. It's not like uh, I. I have things to say about that movie. Like, I'm, I'm not going to get hung up on it right now. Joseph's Technicolor dream coat, just the coat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to bring up the winner of Roman Holiday. Uh, for best costuming, Edith Head, who currently is sitting at five Academy Awards. Hmm. Okay. And, she won uh, The Heiress in 1950, Samson and Delilah for Color, and All About Eve for Black and White in 1951, Place in the Sun in 1952, and 1954 is her fifth Academy Award in uh, five years. So Nice. Uh, she will win more, so I'm going to try to remember to bring her up anytime I see her, though... <laughs> Uh, her last couple of awards are spread out. So mm. we will get to her. Uh, I just didn't want, I'd, I've been meaning to talk to her about, uh, talk about her for a while and I keep forgetting. Well, you've done it now. So thank yeah. you, sir. I have. Well done. All right. Academy Honorary Awards. Pete Smith for his witty and pungent observations on the American scene in his series of Pete Smith specialties. Okay. 20th Century Fox Corporation in recognition of their imagination, showmanship, and foresight in introducing introducing very nice, <laughs> introducing the revolutionary <laughs> process known as Cinemascope. Cinemascope! Uh, Joseph I. Breen for his conscientious, open-minded, and dignified management of the motion picture production code. So, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bell and Howell Company uh, for their pioneering and basic achievements in the advancement of the motion picture industry. War of the Worlds is given best special effects. Mm. Very well deserved. That yeah. movie fucking rules. Mm -hmm. The Irving G. Thalberg Memorial Award goes to the wonderful George Stevens, who, of course, uh, won his Academy Award for A Place in the Sun. Mm hmm. Um, in 1953, he 
directed Shane, mm-hmm. which is an amazing film. Mm-hmm. Also produced Shane. I thought yes, you said produced. Okay, he, he directed. <laughs> <laughs> produced. I'm Sean Connery now and producer. Produce. Produce. Have you watched that movie yet? The the Billy Sean Connery's <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, I woke up and watched that movie. It was the first thing I saw that day. I still can't believe you watched that garbage. (laughs) What is wrong with you? (laughs) I hate you so much. (laughs) Okay. And I am going to butcher this poor person's name. The Academy Award of Merit goes to Henri Shritian? Shritian. Shatim. Henri. Henri for Cinemascope Contribution. Hell yeah. So, we are now at that point where I talk about the National Film Registry. Yeah. This is in the National Film Registry. Okay. Give me a guess on those years, baby. 2004. Hmm. That's what I was going to say. Beat you to it. I mean... You're both very, very close, but you didn't win the prices right. Shit. It's 2002. Damn it. Two years off. All right. 1953 has a laundry list of films that went in, so I'm going to do these as quickly as possible. Okay. All right. All My Babies, the documentary, The Bandwagon, The Big Heat, Duck Amuck, an animated short film, Ode to Artifice, uh, short subject from here to eternity, the hitchhiker house of wax, little fugitive, the living desert, a documentary naked spur pick up on South street, Roman holiday, Shane, the animated short subject, Telltale heart and the war of the worlds. Uh, and none of those go in, in the first class. And that's it. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and talk about this movie. Let's. Um, I kind of went in a little bit hoping to Jonathan this movie, but it never happened. Okay. And I never fell asleep, but I kind of wanted to. It's a, not a bad movie. No, it's a great movie. Go on. It's a good movie. I it's just, a really great movie. It's just kind of got boring for a bit. I don't remember that, but go on. Yeah. No, I'm, I just, I don't know. I, it just, I'm not saying it picked up when shit started exploding, but <laughs> I felt like I was watching the first half of Full Metal Jacket and Shawshank Redemption at the same time. It was weird. Um, to the point where um, uh, Burt Lancaster reminded me of the dude from Shawshank, like the, um, not the warden, but the guy underneath him. Clancy Brown. Yeah. <laughs> like he just kind of looked like him and sounded like him the entire time. Him and Clancy Brown have the same chin. We do. <laughs> so, um, but I don't know. I just, I felt like there were points of the movie that was like, all right, cool. What's going on? What's the point of this? All right, cool. Sweet. Um, but Sinatra was fucking amazing. I love that character. Yeah, just through yeah. and through. Um, I just think the Pruitt was not a good character at all. I, I just did not 
connect or care about that character. Hmm. I'm sorry to hear that. I, I know. And it's just, I, I get where he was coming from the whole not wanting to fight thing. Cool. Um, but come on, dude, just fucking do it. Don't be a bitch. I'm <laughs> 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 just like, you're doing this to yourself at a certain fucking point. Like if you're pissed off about it, take it out on the guy that you're about to punch in the fucking face. Just don't make him go blind. That's all you got to do. Don't do what you did to the last guy. I mean, I don't think he has any control over that is the problem. <laughs> well, um, he obviously didn't want to make the other guy go blind. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. But I, I don't know. I just, I, I, no shortcoming to anybody in the writing or acting. I just was a character I didn't care about at all. Hmm. And, you know, it's basically your main character. Um, I will say I found it really interesting that there was not a uh, woman in this entire movie that was less than a 10. <laughs> like at all even yeah. the extras yeah um, i'm sitting kind of in the middle on this one uh so i'm gonna have to you know you guys are gonna pull me one way or another on it i like it uh i i felt i have more of a connection with pruitt than jonathan does i have some issues with some of the stuff towards the later part of the movie and we'll talk about that um, my main objection to the movie has to do with all all the the love story stuff seems odd and out of place in ways. Although that's the stuff I kind of liked because it wasn't a love story. Like yeah. it was well, no, yeah, no, it's not a love story <laughs> at all. Like nobody was getting what they should have had, right, or shouldn't have had, or anything. It was just it. It felt mechanical mm. on the purpose of these relationships. And everybody was filling something they needed. Exactly. None of them was getting what they actually needed. Yeah. And that's what I find interesting about the relationships in this film. Yeah. Yeah. So that is like, kind of the point of it. So, I, I mean, I, I get where you're like, it, it, that was part of my, is this needed? But I liked what they did with it mm. like it was very much that like uh like cliffs are not cliffs uh pruitt's relationship with whatever the hell she was like i don't know if that the, her job was just so like, here's a yeah the codes or something in the, in the book I, <laughs> I i i feel like i talk too much on this show oh, Go no, on, you're fine. <laughs> um, the book she was a prostitute but for the codes to clean it up, just make, mm -hmm. make her a hostess at the gentleman's club or whatever. But so. See, there's a lot of hostesses in that club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of figured that's what they were kind of hinting at. They were with rather like, they were stepping around. It's very yeah. explicit in the book. I mean, there was a madam. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. And like a sub madam. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, maybe this is probably something that's further explored in the book. And I guess sometimes it can just be that initial connection. But I, I don't, one of the problems I had was like, what did she see within him, in him when he first came in there? Because he was kind of a jerk. Why would you say, oh, I want to go take you up to my uh, room and let's talk there? But maybe she, maybe he had more of a, uh, 
honesty and wasn't just trying to blow smoke up her ass like most of the guys that came in yeah. there or something. So yeah. Well, and also, I mean, he spends the entire movie looking like a sad puppy. I mean, <laughs> Montgomery Cliff has just got that hangdog face. That yeah, that that's pretty much what <laughs> they cast him as. It's like half his films. Yeah, like uh, like I mentioned in the chat, I finally learned who the Clash were talking about. Like it, <laughs> I, I always thought the song was that's Mont Montgomery Cliff money. Like that was his name. <laughs> I didn't read the lyrics, obviously. But but yeah, um, he was like that in the place in the sun too, just constantly fuck the world. Yeah, yeah. Fuck my life. <laughs> you know, and 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 he normally plays that guy that comes from like a rough background and mm-hmm. uh, a broken family, or in this case, he says his parents are dead. Mm. Um, yeah, that's right, man, and. And he's just got a, a massive chip on his shoulder and it always seems like things are getting in his way. And it's true of this character too. Yeah, especially just him. You know, well, okay, so he's a bugler in the story. And and again, we'll we'll go to the book for this piece of context, but he's a bugler who asked for a transfer out of his regiment because a less skilled bugler is put in his place. Mm-hmm. Uh, the less skilled bugler in the book is the gay lover of the officer that puts him in that place. Oh. Okay. Uh, so, again, because Hollywood's so weird in this time, it's like, you know people could go read this book, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> why why take all that context out of it that's just such a bizarre thing like people could just read the goddamn book yeah mm-hmm. yeah i was surprised to learn that uh, you know the army had a word in the censorship too because it does not make the army look very good i so um, well so up to a point i think that so they make like that company not look good like their captain is you know a douchebag mm-hmm. yeah with like an odd face of a guy who you'd listen and go you seem like a cool guy but then when you open your mouth you're an idiot <laughs> um <laughs> but like you get that moment where their you know commanding general is watching the fight go on and he's like hey that's not supposed to happen why is this happening yeah so and and again, as Zach said, the army gets to step in and kind of have a say in the censorship because that officer at the end of the book gets promoted. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here we have kind of a, a tale of two stories. Yeah. And one of them is bleak and upsetting, and the other one's bleak, but a little bit hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> um james james jones the writer of the book did not like this movie i would imagine yeah. uh that's, that sounds like a lot of big changes yeah at least at least you know taking out the subtext Important on the context one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it it's always disappointing when when you learn these kinds of things uh yeah. i don't think changing them from prostitutes because it's a very like 
you can obviously changing anything. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you, you can obviously it. tell that Zinnemann was like, everybody knows what we're doing. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's yeah. mask it as poorly as possible. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's always disappointing to hear these things, but at the same time, like, yeah, it doesn't hurt it so much for me, especially because it still gets its point across even after like still right. kicking out the uh the one officer there's still like a trail of of incompetence and cruelty along the way him losing his bugler position and then this yeah. officer being allowed to do what he wants to do fatso or ernest borgnine in this film holy <laughs> shit yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> fatso just being a essentially just a cruel slave driver uh of the men who get thrown into the brig like it still gets this point across it still tells the story that that the book it, it keeps the heart of the book while just changing a couple of details that yeah. two of them one's just kind of cutting out context one's um one's just changing a small detail that's very bad masking and one that kind of changes a little bit of where we end up yeah yeah, that whole the the subplot of Maggio and Fatso that that was kind of the most engaging yeah. aspect. Well, I, I you got to give that one to Sinatra, just because you're you're drawn to him in this movie. Yeah, because he's he's kind of the one with the most character in the yeah. film. Yeah, and and apparently uh, Clift gave him like on set acting lessons. Okay, to to kind of coach him into the character. Well, you did nice. good. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Sinatra's he, he, incredible in this film. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Like it just. I feel like Zach, how you were kind of like could go either way, but I feel like Paul's pulling me towards liking the film more. Yes. But at the same time, I'm still just like, <laughs> just reminding myself while watching the movie, going and once again, this is with the context of not knowing where it was ending up at um which is the is the book based on a true story or like it a, is it is loosely based on james jones's uh actual time in the military like mm -hmm. a lot of things have been changed i don't know what yeah uh well, depending on which character he would have been i mean if he was pruitt i don't think he he dies at the end yeah <laughs> that that's one of i think we're far enough into it to talk about the end a little bit i think i didn't love the ending i never like a movie where i don't feel like the character has a reason to die um yeah yep because like it's not I, it's, <laughs> it's not as bad as dante getting shot in a at the I, the quickie mark, but and I don't. Another quick. My problem is I don't think the film is punishing the character the way that a lot of films have the character have a character die at the end of a film. I think it's one of those he seems to be self destructive by nature. True. And see, that was that's what got me though, because it didn't it it didn't even come off as self destructive. It just came off as stupid. Like I felt like this character was stupid. <laughs> I can see it as a I feel like he, there was a better way for him to get the like he was, you know, she was like, he's like, I got this shortcut, I know which way to go. And then when like Armor Guy says halt, 
no, I'm just going to run away from you because I got to get to those guys or just turn around and say, no, it's cool. I'm not one of the guys in the planes trying to shoot at you. Like I, I, I he was an idiot. He, I, and he died an idiot's death. <laughs> it, it cheapened the, the feel for me a little bit. That, that's one of the issues I had, but you know, I, I was always fine with it. Again, uh, you can call him an idiot if you want. He, there, there is an obvious undercurrent of him not doing the things that he probably should be doing to take care of himself. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you could you could call that idiocy. It's, it's really simple. <laughs> I mean, it's not it, a stretch. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's it's. I don't know if idiocy is the word, but at least bullheaded. Yeah, and and, and that's and what that's essentially who he is. Yeah. That is his character. He that's is Bert Lancaster's character says that, right? He's, he was good man, but yeah, hard-headed. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's just, he is in his own way the entire time. And you're, you're on his side because you're like, dude, I get why you don't want to do this. But, mm-hmm. you know, how long have we been here? How long are you dealing with this stuff? Just, I mean, to the point where, you know, even like Sinatra's like, hey, you know, we got the weekend off. But just so you know, tomorrow it's back to that, you know, bullshit. Mm. so it's i just but and there's even that one moment where he's talking with uh uh can't remember uh donna reed where he's just like then you know then i'll fight i'll fight and what just like the next minute he's like no i'm still not doing it i want to marry you but i'm still not gonna fight now i'll fight though but i'm not gonna Eh. (laughs) you're wishy-washy and you're bullheaded so i'm just I'm, I'm, it was a character I did not like. I just throw a punch, dude. You'll be fine. <laughs> it won't matter in the end. <laughs> I mean, it, it just kind of puts you in Burt Lancaster's shoes, where Burt Which Lancaster's is, watching him destroy himself. Yeah, and, that, and, and, <laughs> and I think that's the best part of his character, is the fact that I can see where Lancaster's coming from. Lancaster's just like, dude, I'm just here to do a job and bang my co's wife but (laughs) in the end i'm just here to do a job that i enjoy doing and i'm watching you who could be doing the job that i'm doing honestly like he looked at him he's like this is a good soldier this is a guy who loves the army as much as i do and you are in your own way i'm not gonna help you because you're an idiot but i'm gonna every now and then go hey you're an idiot so i just I, I feel like all that the Pruitt character did for me was enjoy uh, Lancaster's character more. I, I feel that's fair, which, which you, you got to kind of get on board somewhere. And if Pruitt's kind of the downfall of Lancaster is, is who you relate to. That that's why you have dual main characters of the story. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and God, Lancaster's so good in this movie. Yes, oh, yes, he's just incredible. And mm. what a man! What a mighty good man! <laughs> mighty, mighty good man. <laughs> I think if um, if I look at the movie over as a whole, I found it frustrating, as I typically do with movies that are like this all the characters had weird motivations. Like, like you said, Paul, I guess they're trying to find something that it's not working. They can't fill that hole. Maybe it's a whole metaphor for Americans in Hawaii at this time. It's like, 
no matter what you do, you get in your own way. You're not, your actions aren't making sense. What, what are you doing? So I felt frustrated a lot. It's like, why is Burt Lancaster's character is just trying to get with Deborah Kerr because his boss is an asshole and he's like, I do everything else for her or him. Why don't I do his wife? <laughs> so I think, all right. So here is my theory on his character. Okay. He just wants everything to be just baseline. If he has to do more work because his commanding officer doesn't do the work, whatever to put up less of a fuss. He sees his wife and he goes, I got to get mine. She's right there. Baseline. It's that's all it was. If there was, I think any other person who was going to say yes for him, it would have worked out that way. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah. And, and I feel like overall what this is, is Jones. Jones is demystification of the greatest generation. Mm. Uh, Because. I mean, coming out of World War II, the army is held up on such a pedestal. Yeah. And obviously this man has had awful experiences there. Yeah. And whether whether he's one of these background characters or he's put himself in Pruitt's shoes where uh, he doesn't die necessarily, but something within him does. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is is kind of an interesting thing to think about. I because if I'm not mistaken, he does end up getting injured in war. Yes, he received a, a purple heart. Okay, uh, Guadalcanal. So he was over in the Pacific. Yeah. So yeah. So that that's going to do something to you emotionally and yeah, and uh, brainily. I can't think of the word because my brain's dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was interesting seeing this movie um, after we've seen all these strictly. Um, well, we've seen more movies with more uh, war content and and lifting up of soldiers but they haven't shied away from look at the shit they've been through either yeah but this is more of a look at these like look these people are fucked up just trying to do a job and the human condition gets in the way well and that's what they do with this movie is they make the military look like a job like this isn't being Mm -hmm. a soldier this is this is a job for these guys like Mm -hmm. that's just what it was yeah, and in any job, there's bad management. Yep. Yeah. And that's not untrue of the military. It is a large organization, and bad management just exists. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think it's truly a deep admonishment of the military. And even with the management being promoted in the book, it's still not, like, uh, too heavy-handed. It's It's more of a, like you said, it... Look, it's a mundane thing. We're not superheroes. We're just dudes and people are people and mm-hmm. this this is how they act. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen. Well, do we have any other additional notes for this film? No. 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 I'm just a big fan. 
Zach just looks like he's in deep thought. Yeah, I'm looking at my notes, seeing if there's anything else. It's funny, uh, you know, we talked about Deborah Kerr, my redheaded goddess. I, I didn't really know her by name, like, before we started this podcast. I'm surprised. And she lived till 2007. It's like, yeah. Was, um, but yeah, she's so gorgeous. Indeed. And did you, did you watch Quo Vetus? I, I haven't yet. You said there was a good shot at the end or something. She is. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go to some real pervy territory here. <laughs> she is just in this sheer gown right. at the end of Quo Vetus, and it is very form fitting in moments. Okay. I'm going to do that right after this. Let me get off here. Like, it's just the whole, like, last 25 minutes or so. Like, oh, damn. Okay. I mean, she's not the focus of the last 25 minutes, but any time they cut to her, it's like, that is <laughs> a revealing outfit. <laughs> Sweet. Indeed. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So let's get into our worsty judgments. Um, Zach, does this movie deserve Best Picture? Uh, You know, let's see. There were quite a few good movies this year. Uh, a lot of uh, <laughs> Roman type things seem to be a theme. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, but most of them, I think, were foreign movies. I watched for the first time Tokyo Story this week. Ooh. Which, uh, I, as soon as that movie was over, I went online and uh, ordered flowers to deliver to my mom the next day. <laughs> and I <started laughs> sat down to write a letter to my grandparents, and I was like, damn. Hold on to your, hold on to your family if you can. Um, there's a couple others I need to see that I know are really good that I saw that are on HBO Max, which was uh, Wages of Fear and Ugetsu. I haven't watched. I need to see those. But I also watched Sawdust and Tinsel, which uh, Ingmar Bergman and Sven Nykvist. Oh, every time Sven Nykvist. is that Nykvist? I believe I, it's Nykvist. I that's that's good. I. I've seen his name so many times I've never heard it pronounced, but he is a god. Um, yeah. So, but anyway, as far as deserving a best picture, I have to give it a Roman holiday because that's a perfect movie. It's so good. So I'm going to say, no, I'm not really mad at it winning, but I would have given it to Roman holiday. Okay. Um, not seen many films from this year. Um, a few. I mean, Peter Pan came out this year as well. Uh, this yeah. movie's better than Peter Pan. Um, yeah, I don't. Like I, I also agree with that. I just found it <laughs> shocking. Yeah, I, I just don't like Peter Pan. Um, what? Okay, I know this I, is this is a conversation for later. Go on. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, so bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and I haven't seen the. Uh, I haven't seen Shane as a whole i've only seen that one scene um and i cried more in one scene well there you go than i did this entire movie (laughs) so um ah, i got the gun yeah i don't (laughs) think this movie deserves best picture i think it's a good movie and i don't think it's bad that it did win but i just feel like this year there was a lot that even if i haven't seen was probably a lot better and even some that I think definitely were. So, Paul, 
There he is. Yeah, he, has, he hasn't shown up in a couple of weeks. I think yeah. Leah just got home. She was late grocery shopping. Oh. All right. So I will try to speak over barking dogs. Um, all right. So um, there were only two Best Picture nominees I hadn't seen coming into this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it from my least favorite to my favorite. Uh, the robe is absolute garbage. <laughs> that is the one I haven't seen and didn't watch because it looked. Hey, absolutely <laughs> fucking skip that movie. It was terrible. Uh, it is the. It's only in there because it's the first one in Cinemascope, most likely. And, and that's a hundred percent correct. I. <laughs> it did not deserve that distinction. I'm upset that this that this film exists as that distinction. Mm. It is the silliest swords and sandals Christian propaganda I have ever seen. <laughs> it is silly. And I almost respect it for how silly it is, but it's not, <laughs> not a good movie at all. Yeah. I read the premise. It's like what, uh, a Roman soldier gets Jesus's robe after the crucifixion or something. It's like, that. so he, he's, so Pontius Pilate washes his hands of Jesus and all that, uh-huh. and then he comes back to this Roman soldier, and and this is this is like the middle of the movie. Mm. Um, Pontius Pilate comes back and he's like, "Hey, uh, there's this there's this uh, terrorist who needs to be killed. You need to go <laughs> kill him." So this Roman soldier walks with Jesus as he's on his way to Golgotham and uh, then is in charge of him being crucified and uh, his slave uh, who is following Christ decides to take the robe that Christ wore on the way to the mount with him and as they're like walking down the way the it starts raining and <laughs> Roman soldiers like, Hey, put that robe on me right now. And then he puts it on him and he's like, ah, it's burning my flesh. <laughs> and then he thinks he's cursed for the rest of the movie. It's so good. It's so bad. All right. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yes. Uh, skip this movie. Unless you really want to laugh at how like uh, your, your description there, uh, <laughs> makes it for me so i'm just gonna skip it and stick to what you just did yeah uh yes that was more entertaining than any moment in the film <laughs> <laughs> okay uh julius caesar was joseph mankiewicz being joseph mankiewicz which is great uh julius caesar is probably my favorite of shakespeare's tragedies which of which i am not a big fan of most um and I cannot believe how good Marlon Brando is as Mark Anthony. Like uh, I've always yeah. known Marlon Brando is an amazing actor. There he is on my wall right there. Uh, yeah. He's a great actor. Holy shit. That performance. Yeah. I saw that in high school for the first time. And I recognized how great he was back then. Yeah. I just, I'd never seen that performance and mm. it, like it blew me away. I, yep. yeah, that. Okay. Uh, Roman holiday is an incredible film and I love it a lot. Jonathan, if you haven't seen Roman Holiday, you might love it. Okay. It is a charming little romp starring Gregory Peck and Audrey Hepburn. Just 
having a good time in the Roman countryside. It's their city. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, and Audrey Hepburn is perfect in it. She deserves this award. Uh, Shane is one of my top three favorite Westerns. And I love Westerns. Yeah. You haven't picked up on that by now. Um, it, it's up there. It's, it's a film that I, it hurts me deeply. I love it to death and it makes me cry every time I watch it. Yeah. Thank, thankfully this week, I didn't get a chance to watch it because I didn't feel like <laughs> crying that hard. <laughs> But I know it's that good because I've seen it enough times. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, and it would be my pick for best picture because I love it that much. All that being said, from here to eternity, deserve best picture. It's such an incredible film. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. One out of three. So, uh, so Paul, is this the worst best picture? <laughs> <laughs> It is currently sitting at my number six spot between All Quiet on the Western Front and You Can't Take It With You. I was wondering um, just the way that you were talking. I was like, is this going to take his number one? Because we're all kind of linked up right now. And No. Uh, only, not number one's on our worst, I think. Yeah. Only uh, five films have gotten five stars out of me. And this one gets four and a half. Okay. I, right. I do not think it's a perfect film, but I do think it's incredible. Shane is a perfect film. Yeah. Um, this is not the worst picture. This is a, definitely above middle. How many movies are we at at this point? We need to redo my list. Yeah, so this is our 26th. 26th. So uh, maybe not top 10, um, but pretty close, I'd say. Pretty close. Uh, yeah. I might even put that just completely on the back of Burt Lancaster in this movie. Just him alone, I think, makes this movie enjoyable. Uh, Zach, worst best picture? No, it's probably around the 12 spot for me. I'll have to look back. You know, it's not a piece of shit circus movie. And <laughs> <laughs> it is not that. Oh, no. God, it's not that. <laughs> um, Sawdust and Tinsel, uh, the movie I mentioned earlier, the Bergman movie, that's a good circus movie because there's not a whole lot of circus shit going on. It They're just circus characters. Yeah. So It's a setting, yeah. not a movie. Uh, right. Yeah. Batman Forever is a good circus movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> that movie is a circus. I'm sorry. And I love that movie. Oh, it's supposed to be yeah. a circus. Yeah. That's what I love about it. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Yeah, that's it. it it's an, it's just above middle for me so far, but you know, not the worst at all. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and call that for our evening. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on Twitter, TikTok, Twitch at Altorn underscore Occam, A L T O R N underscore A C H M, like Jay Sherman. Achim. 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 Zach, where can we find you? Find me on Critiker at Zachmaster, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, or TikTok at House Havoc. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Letterboxd at Father of the Fear across all platforms. Follow me on Letterboxd where you can keep up with my rankings. Mm -hmm. I've been really digging your reviews on TikTok. 
I've yeah. been having a lot of fun doing those. I, I, I really hope you do continue those. I didn't watch any movies today. The only thing I got to watch was Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I kind of regret. Yeah. <laughs> I just I enjoy the people like, why are you on my For You page? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You like movies? Okay. Yeah. And what are we watching next week, Zach? Speaking of Marlon Brando... We are watching On the Waterfront, which you can rent on Amazon, Google Play, iTunes, Vudu, or YouTube. Paul holds up his Criterion copy. It's a beauty. This is a yep. gorgeous package. Oh, that's what she said. Hey, that's not a good joke. Low-hanging fruit, like my balls. God. See? Now you got to start adding that to more stuff because that's way funnier than that's what she said. <laughs> Speaking of that's what she said, we would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Love the Go Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and on Facebook at The Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, which helps us to be seen in the almighty rhythm of Al Gore. Can you feel the rhythm? <laughs> the rhythm of Al Gore. <laughs> Al Gore. Gore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hanging Chad. <laughs> for Jonathan and Zach I would like for you all to have a damn fine day <laughs>